Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Ovicast, the Chuggish Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you his insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. In the current episode, we discuss the impact the current COVID-19 pandemic is having on the sheep sector. For the first half of this podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Kevin Hanron, Head of the Rural Economy and Development Programme in Chagask. Kevin shares his views on how the global recession will impact the agri-sector, with a particular focus on the sheep industry. This year, with additional pressure on family farm incomes, Kevin urges a cautious approach, paying particular attention to expenditure in the farm business for the coming season. Keeping with that team, in the latter half of the podcast, I'm joined by Michael Gostin, Head of Sheep in Chagask. Michael highlights the key areas where costs can be reduced, where the easy gains are to improve efficiency. With uncertainty in the economy, Michael also discusses farm investment for the coming season. Kevin, thanks very much for joining us on this episode of Ovicast. Good to have you on. You're welcome, Carol. Kevin, the current COVID-19 pandemic, it's affecting every facet of our lives and it's something we see affecting people worldwide. And look, it's had many tolls on us, but I suppose one of the lasting effects of it will be an economic consequence. I know this is something both you and your team have looked at in more detail, particularly in an agricultural context. How do you see that playing out over the next couple of months? Um, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, uh, it's having a big uh, economic impact. And, and um, the way we think, we economists think about it is that um, there's this epidemic out there, the, the pandemic, uh, COVID pandemic. And that is required in terms of control, a public health response, uh, the restrictions that we're all living under. And uh, those restrictions have a massive negative impact on, e- on the freedom people have to just go about their daily lives and their business and their farming activities. Um, so for many parts of the economy in Ireland and in the European Union and globally, um, economic activity has, has in some some places just stopped and in other places it's, it's, it's going on at a, a much reduced rate. And when economic activity stops, uh, the income that comes from that activity also stops. And what's happened, um, governments have basically tried to step into the breach and, um, and, and supported people's incomes who, who can't do what they normally would have expected to do in terms of getting on with their work and their business, business lives. So, but incomes are where we are in a recession in Ireland. Uh, the European Union is in a recession. The United States is in a recession, um, and that means people have less money to spend. And the unusual thing about where we are right now is that this is the first time since the 1920s that the whole world basically is in a recession at the same time. Often recessions uh, in one country are kind of, you know, offset by by growth somewhere else, and and that growth in the other place helps pull the the country that's in recession slowly out of out of, out of the hole. The big challenge we have right now is that there isn't really any place in the world that's growing strongly. So um, what that means is that the current recession that we're in won't probably be a short and sharp one. You know, initially people thought we'd go into this kind of for a few months, it'd be horrible, there'd be a lockdown, then those lockdowns would be eased and we'd come out of things pretty promptly. Um, Unfortunately, it seems much more likely that the recession that we're now in will will last through this year and probably through 2021 as well. And what that means is that people have less money to spend in their pockets. And some of that spending is on the, uh, the as on goods and services linked to the output of sheep, 
cattle, dairy farmers, tillage farmers, farmers in general in Ireland, in the European Union, across the world. And when that demand goes, that spending goes down, the demand for what farmers produce off, out the farm gate goes down. And unfortunately, usually that means, at least in the short run, that prices will, will fall because, you know, sheep farmers, for example, they've all lambed their lambs for this year. That supply is there. They're, they're gambling about in the fields at the moment, and we're hoping they'll be start to run into the factories quite soon. So that supply is sort of almost fixed. Uh, it's almost it's been it was been it was decided when when rams were put to use last year. Now, no one predicted this like a pandemic, um, and there's nothing farmers really can do about it. But prices almost certainly will fall because people are eating a lot less lamb because, in just about every food service outlet in the European Union is currently shut, and that's where most of our lamb is consumed. So. Um, that's the big issue uh, for farmers. The economic activity on farming is continuing. People are delivering lambs to factories to be killed. Prices haven't really tumbled yet uh, on sheep markets, but I think we can expect them to decline uh, over the next that, few weeks. That, that change in lifestyle activities is going to have that knock-on effect. And to be fair, above all sectors, probably agriculture has been less um, disturbed mm. by it than some others. I'm just thinking, Kevin, like one of the consequences, and you mentioned it earlier, it is a global recession this time. And as you said before, when every country is in recession, there's less chance of funds pulling out of it. It's going to have an impact on employment. And we know in the dry stock sector, we are dependent on off-farm income or a second income in a household. Mm. It's likely that we could see employment levels rise. Where do you see that going? Uh, well, the Department of Finance think that we could be... Uh, we could be at twenty percent unemployment quite quickly. Uh, we were we were at, we were effectively at a full employment economy uh, only six or seven weeks ago. And a full employment economy means that doesn't mean there's zero unemployment, but it means that you know generally speaking, if you want to find a job, uh, you you get one. It mightn't be a perfect match for you, but you could find one. We're not in that world anymore, unfortunately. And um, you're right, uh, dry stock farmers in particular uh, and their households uh, have a high dependence on off-farm jobs and um, we know from research we did uh, in the during the last big recession back in 2008-2009 that there's lots of farmers uh, sheep and cattle farmers who have jobs off-farm or other spouses work in sectors of the economy that are particularly hard hit are likely to be hard hit by this pandemic so you're talking about the service sector, working in restaurants, working in bars, working in hotels, B&Bs, driving trucks, you know, some, some of this activity will be very robust to it, uh, but some won't be. And those households that have that have a high dependence and that have in the past maybe subsidized their farming business with their off farming, I mean, they're, they're, you really need to be very careful in, in, well, they won't be able to do that if jobs are lost. Now, for the time being, you know, the, the government is providing relatively generous um, uh, welfare assistance to people who have lost their job, who are reduced working time, who are being furloughed by their employers. Um, but, um, you know, people out there shouldn't assume that that's going to continue ad infinitum. I think that it's likely to, to, be, to be kind of ratcheted back in due course. And uh, what that means is that in terms of... Um, you know, we need to be looking within the farm gate to make sure that where we can save money uh, and leave more money in your pocket at a household level that you do that. 
like as you mentioned there already production is already in train this year so it is essentially a year to really watch expenditure and avoid an, any unnecessary expenditure on farm level yeah it's a far as far as people are able to do that and i understand it's not like they can just basically totally ratchet back on on feeding concentrates and 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 getting pastures into good nick in terms of um, the use of fertilizer and so on but you know if if a farm business was sort of considering a, a, a some sort of what you might imagine is a bit of a discretionary spend in terms of upgrading fencing or you know you need to basically just really think about whether it's essential that you do that this year um, uh, and, and think about postponing some of that sort of expenditure okay it's Kevin it's going to be a difficult year certainly it's one to approach with due caution thank you very much for coming on with and look it's something we might revisit with you later on in the summer happy to talk to, to you Karen, and, and your and your listeners whenever you want me Michael, thanks very much for coming back to join us on this episode. You're welcome, Kieran. Earlier on the podcast, we had Kevin Hanrahan on, and we were discussing the long-term potential impact the COVID-19 situation will have on the economy and potentially on the sheep sector. I suppose if there was every year to focus on costs and reducing expenditure on farm or necessary expenditure, this is it. Of course, we can't bulletproof our sector or our farms. What steps can we take, Michael, this year to possibly reduce some of the risk on farms. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, Kieran, as Kevin has said, like, you know, uh, there's lots of unknowns out there, but the one thing is, I suppose, it, it's, a, it's a year where we could potentially see issues in terms of off-farm employment, uh, money coming in and also on the farm. Um, so, look, what we're really advising farmers to do is to be careful with expenditure. And it's looking first maybe at the variable costs if we look at the profit monitor data or look at data from the National Farm Survey, one of the top costs coming in there every year is concentrate feed or meal. Um, so we're not anti-meal. We're not saying there's no uh, scope or space for meal uh, or concentrates on a sheep farm. But certainly um, there is a significant scope on most farms or many farms to reduce it. And this year what we're saying to do is you know, focus on a couple of issues. So first one is grass. Okay, grass is the cheapest feed. Um, what we're trying to do is grow our lambs as much as we can off grass. So the couple of key things that people should look out for this year is walk your paddocks. Walk your fields or your paddocks every week and identify how much grass you have. And if you see grass starting to get strong, that grass that is going over 10, 11 centimeters, you need to start taking out paddocks. Um, that's kind of the max height. We don't want lambs going into heavy heavy grass, they won't perform on it, okay? Prioritize your lamb. So lots of farmers will have cattle and sheep. Um, give the lambs the best grass. Maybe use your, your dry cattle or suckler cows or dry yos to come in after them and clear out. Take out those heavy paddocks. When the grass is getting ahead of you, take out a couple of paddocks. Take them out quick. Don't lock them up for, for weeks and weeks and take big heavy crops. Take out maybe close up a paddock, leave it grow for another week or 10 days. Take it out. Real leafy, high-quality silage uh, in round bales. Stack it somewhere separate to the rest of the silage and mark it. And that's the silage you can feed the yews um, going into next spring in late pregnancy and really, really reduce your meal bill because that will be really, really good quality grass silage. But it will also um, help you to manage your grass and maintain the animal performance, the lamb performance off the grass throughout the summer. 
And then later on in the year, when it gets more difficult to finish lambs off grass and we have to start introducing a little bit of concentrate feed or meal, at that stage, maybe prioritize lambs for feeding. So have finishing groups, pull out the lambs that are, you know, 38 to 42 kilos for, for maybe a bit of meal feeding just to get them up to that 45, 44 or 45 kilo slaughter weight or whatever slaughter weight you're going for. So what we're trying to do there really is to use as much grass as we possibly can and reduce the expenditure um, on concentrate feed. So yeah, essentially, yeah, reduce the cost of your finishing and make better use out of your grass for later in the season. Uh, Michael, the other big variable cost you see on farms is health, of course, and look, it has a major impact on performance. What can we do as the year progresses on that side of it? Yeah, so, okay, uh, probably the second biggest variable cost on sheep farms is the veterinary health expenditure okay and i mean we can look at that really there's probably three or four issues again there so the first one is parasite control stomach worms um all farmers are or most farmers are dosing their 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 lambs for worms is the dose working you know the work that we've done that orla keen has done and barbara good has done um over the years shows that on a lot of farms the antelmintic or wormers that we have no longer kill um, a lot of the parasites that are out there. So, you know, it varies from farm to farm and it varies by by product that you're using. So make sure that if you're dosing lambs for worms because they have worms, that the dose has worked. Go back and check after you've dosed them, you know, 7 to 14 days, depending on the product you use, check that you've cleaned them out. And if not, you need to formulate some other control strategy, either use multiple doses or different doses um, to make sure that we're not feeding parasites instead of feeding the lambs. So that's the first one. Make sure that we get the performance from the grass and, and the meal if we're feeding a bit of meal. The second one is lameness, okay? So in lame lambs, you'll knock 50 to 100 grams a day off the growth rate of a lamb that is lame. No bother at all. If he's lame on more than one leg, you're, you're probably in negative territory in terms of performance and growth rate. So have a strategy for controlling lameness. When you see the first of your groups of lambs getting lame, bring them in, proper foot bathing, you know, um, and if it's foot rot, uh, probably an antibiotic treatment as well. Um, fly strike. So uh, again, an issue as the year will get warmer, as we come into the end of May, uh, early June. So try to keep our lambs clean. Um, and also go in early with the fly strike prevention measures. Don't wait until lambs are struck and then have to spend a lot of time dagging and cleaning and, and try and get on top of the, 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 the problem. Go in early with our preventative measures to prevent lambs from getting struck in the first place. That basically um, prevents us having performance loss in those lambs. But it, it also solves a lot of the issues around long withdrawal periods with some of the preventative measures we have. If the lambs are treated relatively early before they, they're, they're coming close to finishing, they'll have seen out the withdrawal period of those products by the time that they're finished. And I suppose lastly here, and the last point and, and where people spend can spend quite a bit of money is on mineral supplementation. A lot of money spent on mineral supplementation for people that don't have mineral um, problems or, or don't know whether they have them. They just feel that they might benefit from it. And very often, the biggest mineral we're lacking is good quality grass. Um, so look at if you if you have a mineral deficiency, absolutely we need to go in with a mineral supplement. By and large, I would tend for the the the, the cheaper options rather than the more expensive ones because they can be quite expensive. Uh, a cheap, effective um, oral supplement 
uh, for sheep, for lambs, mostly what we're talking about is cobalt. On most farms, it's it's basically cobalt uh, is going to be the lacking, the mineral is going to be creating any problems. But on a lot of farms, there's no mineral issues and there's no benefit in supplementing them and it's a waste of money. So look on the health, they're the four things really. Keep on top of the parasites, make sure your warmers are working. Keep on top of the lameness by foot batting lambs regularly and often when you see the first lamb starting to get lame, you need really need to get in quickly there. On the fly strike, prevent the fly strike from happening by going in early with the preventative porons or, or dips, whatever you're using. And on the mineral supplementation, you know, don't supplement until, unless you have a problem. Um, and if you have a problem, look at the cost-effective options, um, the cheaper options rather than the more expensive ones, because this year is about cost-cutting if we can. So ensure your routine husbandry treatments are up to date and more to the point that they're effective treatments. Mike, I'm just thinking, like with the current good weather and potentially with a lot of farmers, a little bit more time on their hands this year, they've looked at projects on the farm, whether infrastructure projects or other investments. What's your advice for those farmers? Yeah, so look at, I suppose, you know, we're potentially facing into a global recession that has implications um, for, for money flowing in and out of the country. There's also, uh, you know, question mark in a lot of cases over a lot of businesses may, may not reopen. Unemployment is, is, is rising because of the COVID pandemic um, and lots of farmers have off-farm jobs or their partners have off-farm incomes. So what I would be suggesting to farmers to do is consider very carefully um, large infrastructure expenditure this year, okay? Um, so that new Jeep, you know, a new quad replacing a tractor or some expensive piece of kit or, you know, building a new shed or, or, or something like that. Large infrastructure spends, which will take maybe a couple of years, maybe four, five, six, seven years to pay off. Just be a little bit careful um, on committing to that in the current climate. Maybe wait a year or two if that's possible. What I would say um, is maybe... This is the year to spend money on things like lime or temporary fencing to be able to split your paddocks and make better use of the grass. So they're relatively, you know, they're, they're, they're not, I suppose, infrastructure spends as such, they're variable costs, but they're costs that don't happen, that maybe lots of farmers don't regularly spend, and where there is really good bang for your buck, you know, spreading lime, um, you know, 40, 45, 50 euros an acre, two tonne, um, an acre will straight away in the first year pay itself back in terms of, of uh, reduced nitrogen costs um, and it'll pay back for the next three or four years. The same with splitting your paddocks, buying a couple of reels and, and 20 or 30 plastic posts to split a few paddocks and be able to make better use of, of the grass will pay dividends in the first year. It's, it's money that you get, you get a dividend back straight away. Um, so what I would be urging people to do this year is to be cautious about large infrastructure um, projects that they're planning to do, um, in particular maybe where they're not 100% sure of you know, the, what way things are going to work out for them in terms of off-farm employment and, and money coming in for the next year or two. Certainly return on investment, particularly short-term return on investment, is very important this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look at, we, we're always telling people to spread lime and do temporary fencing and all that. So, but I mean, this year, I think more than ever, it's important that people focus on that to try and cut their costs and improve their performance. And, and that's what it's about, really. We're not telling people, you know, that 
the world is ending or anything like that. It's it, it it's just look at. Uh, it could be a little bit of a tight year for people, or maybe even next year as well, depending on how 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 this pandemic um, ends up. Uh, and maybe it's just be a little bit cautious. Try and reduce your spend this year. Try and maximise your animal performance um, so that the farm is 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 bringing as much money as possibly can. I think that probably sums it up best. Just focus on the basics, and in particular this year on the bottom line. Michael, thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome, Kier. Thank you. Okay, we're going to finish the episode up at this point. It was one of the slightly longer ones, but there was quite a lot to cover in it. I would like to thank both Kevin and Michael for giving up their time and sharing their insights on the topic. If it'll take a couple of things from this podcast, firstly, there's a challenging period ahead for every industry. The agri sector and the sheep industry is certainly no different. One word of caution from both our speakers was the focus on expenditure this year. If there was every year to look at cost control on farms, this is it. Michael outlined a number of areas where we can make potential savings and that will only benefit the farm business. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any other updates from the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagger Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.